Alrighty, <clears throat> we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we're grateful to everyone that's here today. We look forward to sharing with you the things that uh, the Lord have uh, laid on my hearts to share. So if you have your Bibles, let's go to the, let's go to the third chapter of the book of Genesis. Actually, let's go to the second chapter of the book of Genesis real briefly. And we're going to start reading at verse 15. It says, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, Thou shalt surely die. Now, I think it's very interesting that this tree was called the knowledge of good and evil. And we have to know that it was called that for a reason. Why would God call that tree the knowledge of good and evil? Why wasn't it just called the tree of, of the knowledge of evil? Why was good included in it? It's because if you don't know evil, you don't know good. Does everybody understand? There was no such thing really <laughs> before we took of that tree of, to us anyway, there was no such thing as good and evil. It was just God's way. So before mankind ate of that tree, the only thing they knew was God's way. Everybody understand that? So this is what make people wrestle with the idea of good and evil. There, there were no um, parameters in this earth. It was just God's way. You didn't know anything about good because everything was just God's way. You didn't know anything about evil because everything was just God's way. So for instance, uh, we see something happen, maybe... We bury a loved one, and in our minds, we could think that's evil. But if death, was, if death had um, existed before mankind fell, it would have just been God's way. We wouldn't have known to feel sad about it. We wouldn't have known to be disappointed or to grieve about it. Does everybody understand that? Everything before the, we partake, partake of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil was just God's way. And you know, uh, it, it's called the knowledge of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. In today's world, it seems like the more educated we become, the more aware we become of good and evil based on our own knowledge and our own parameters. Today, uh, 
you may notice the jargon that's being used concerning marriage and husband and wife, they replace those terms with partner. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> and my prayer is that God's people won't do that. We are not partners. We're joint heirs of salvation, but we're not partners. Does everybody understand? So what did they replace? What did they what did they what did they replace? Husband and wife. So the husband is the one that gardens his wife. She's the garden of Eden in his life. Everybody see what he told Adam to do here, the man? To dress it and keep it. She's the garden of Eden. Does everybody understand that? So if the wife is the, is the garden of the husband, in other words, the husband is there to plant the word of God in her so that it can bear fruit in her life, so she can bring forth righteous children and things like that, then how are they partners? When a farmer takes all of his soybeans and all of his corn to the market to sell, the corn don't get a, a say in it. He don't say, well, this is my partner, you know, and, and the, the corn don't have its own bank account. Does everybody understand that? But today, the world have taken on that jargon because they hate the idea that a woman actually has to be groomed by her bridegroom. Because that makes the woman, I guess, you know, the, the woman of today feel inferior if she get married to somebody that have to help her and fix her. So we just get rid of all of that. The woman's already okay. We'll just say we're partners. Does everybody understand that? And so the Lord made it clear in verse 17, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt do what? Surely die. Not just die, you're going to surely die. Now literally if you read the Hebrew version of the Bible the word die there is twice. Which means dying you shall die. So is that do we see that that's set in stone? This God talking and we know that he can't lie. So let's go down to chapter 3 and start reading at verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yeah, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of, the tr of every tree of the garden? So where does reasoning come from? Satan, when you hear God's word, and you know what God is saying, anything outside of that comes from the pit of hell itself. So what does he do? The first thing he does to man, with mankind is get them to question God. Look at what he asks, what he says. Now look at what the verse 1 says. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. 
So let me put that in today's terms. The serpent is more subtle than we are. The devil is more cunning than we can ever think of being. He's very crafty. And no matter how much brain power you got, no matter how much education you got, you will not outsmart him. And God set it up that way for a reason. Now, don't tell mankind that. That's our little secret. Don't tell people that they, don't, don't even tell them that the devil exists because that's, that's just some myth in and of itself. Let's alone trying to get them to see you're not smarter than the devil. Even those who have come into the knowledge of the truth and are walking in God's salvation, even we with our own brains are not smarter than the devil. He's subtle. Does everybody understand that? In other words, he comes from a place where you don't see him coming from. You, you won't even see him coming. What You with all your brains, you won't see him coming. Everybody understand? You'll see where we're going here. Look what he says. Yeah. Hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. Everybody see that? And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. So back then, only the gods, not just Jehovah himself, but the angelic beings, they knew that he's talking about the sons of God. Does everybody understand that? They knew good and evil, but that wasn't given to mankind. God never intended for mankind to know good and evil, just his way. Now, I, I'm telling you, I can preach a whole message on that. Just his way. If people would have a, the whole world would come and worship God if they understood it's all just really God's way. You, you grow up with parents for 50, 60 years, and when you're 60 or 70 years old, you might have to bury them. God's way. But in your mind, it could be evil. Does everybody understand? A child leave this world at five, six years old, five months old, God's way. But in your mind, it could be good or evil. Does everybody understand? So back then, before they partook of this tree, they didn't know anything but God's way. No matter what God was doing, it was all good to them. That's God doing it. We can't question his sovereignty. But now, because we've partaken of that tree, we get to blame God for stuff that we deem evil. We praise him for the good, but the evil, you know that why, if God is so full of love, then why did this happen? It wouldn't have been that way if we hadn't partaken of the tree. God was in the universe doing everything he wanted to do, and mankind never questioned him about it because it was all just his way to begin with. 
Does everybody understand that? Why, you know, and, and, and so even women question, well, why do I have to submit? Why do I get that part of, why can't me and the husband submit to one another like the words say? All they knew was God's way. Listen, so now you know, now you know the answer to the question. The wife being subject to her head was not part of the curse. It only became evident to Eve that something was off when she partook of the tree. So God had to remind her, this was my way. But you didn't know anything about it because before you partook of this tree, you were just submitting. But now that you know good and evil, I got to tell you, I got to set this up. This is my way. This ain't punishment. <laughs> Everybody understand that? So, God want his people to go back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden before we partook of that tree. We don't, under, we don't know good and evil. The Bible says to the pure, all things are pure. So we no longer know good and evil. Now we only know God's way. And how do we accept that? By faith. Whatever God allows in this world, by faith we know he had a hand in it. Does everybody understand that? Now I know it's going to be some religious folks out there that's got a problem with what I just said. Everything that happened in this world, God got his hand in it. Does everybody understand that? And the, the Lord is so slick with what he do. You know, when we go to the book of Job, you'll see that Satan came to Job, uh, Satan came to God asking God to get a hold of Job, and the devil thought that this is my plan, not knowing the whole time the Lord is the one that put it in his mind to do it. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> the Lord is a puppet master. Imagine having a heavy, heavy, heavy suitcase that you know your little two-year-old son can't carry. And he come up, walk up to you, Daddy, can I, can I, can I help carry? And you pick up all the weight, and he's up under it, and he's a big boy because he's carrying 500 pounds. You know as, your, as his daddy, he ain't carrying it. And that's how the Lord is with us. He got us thinking we're doing something. <laughs> made a, you know somebody come up with the alarm clock and saved half the jobs in the world <laughs> and it come to us at midnight Lord let me set this alarm clock before I lose my job because I got one more strike and I'm out and Lord said yeah yeah and you're going to testify that I put it on your mind to set the clock I'm telling you, my sister back in 2014 had an alarm clock that she didn't wake up to. Alarm clocks don't wake people up. God does. But he'll let us go on thinking we're doing something with all our technology. <laughs> does everybody understand? He'll let us get our little Fitbit watch and have us walking and jogging all up and down the street. For our health and you know long life yeah he I, I, it must be funny being God it just 
the whole world got him figured out. <laughs> the whole world doing their own thing. And God is saying, I, you know, I don't care how many laps you can jog. You, you leaving here in a few more days. I don't care how many triathlons you run, the, you know, the man of strength, all of that. I, your time clock is set. Does everybody understand? Uh, what's that? It's a singer from Memphis, Isaac Hayes. In, in people's mind, he was an old, healthy man. You know how he died? On his treadmill. So God don't care how healthy you are. The, the, best, the best thing you can do for yourself is serve him. That, that promises long life. Everybody understand that? But, you, you know, imagine being God of the universe, of everything that we know as a universe, and having to deal with people's pride. And then allowing them to, do, allowing them to just live life, hoping that one day they wake up and see they ain't doing nothing, they ain't controlling nothing. Everybody understand that? So what we see in this is that as mankind goes on and on and on in time, the more full of knowledge we become, and that knowledge really pits us against God. What, you know, it's hard for some of us to fathom, you know, but maybe 150 years ago there was no electricity. How did people wake up? How did people get up and go to work on time? There was no alarm clocks, except there was. If you come to my house, you'll hear him about 5 o'clock every morning. <laughs> Everybody understand what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Cock-a-doodle-doo. That's our alarm clock. Five o'clock, like clockwork, that's God's in, in nature. Everybody understand that? But we doing something. <laughs> so, let's read verse six. It says, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, everybody see that? Now, let's stop right there. She saw that the tree was what? Good for food. So let's think of this naturally, so like people like to think about this. It's good for food. Let's, so let's think that it's, it's a literal tree and that it's a literal apple or whatever people may, apricot or whatever people may think it is. So she took of it, she ate it, and she thought, this don't taste bad. It, it, this tastes like the other apple trees we eat from. This don't taste bad at all. Everybody see that? And that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So everybody understand what I'm saying now? Just naturally so. Let's think of it that way. She took of the tree. She ate from it. And no doubt what happens when people are taste testing, they're chewing slow. All of their taste buds are awake in their mouth trying to figure out, okay, let me, yeah, this is not bad. This is actually pretty good. That's what's going on in her mind. And I, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> something that the Lord wanted me to say to you this morning. 
That's the reasoning of mankind. If it tastes good, then it must be good. But the Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. He understood it was going to taste good. And mankind's reasoning is, if it tastes good, if it feels good, if it looks good to me, how can it be bad? But how many of you, by a show of hands, have ever ate food that really tasted good one night and in the morning when you wake up, you find you got all kind of stomach cramps? You got food poisoning. So bad food sometimes tastes good. It's just it hadn't got to the point yet. That, that's the deception of it. You tasting it with your mouth, it don't taste bad. It don't taste like it's done aged or anything like that. In your mind, it's fine. But your stomach is going to tell the story. You'll wake up throwing up the next morning. Does everybody understand that? And that's the way sin is. It all, it all tastes good. If it wasn't, people wouldn't struggle with it. Does everybody understand that? Oh, but when we wake up the next morning. Everybody understand that? <laughs> that's, a, that's a different story. That's the way. So what we have to do is we have to take God's word for it. God don't intend for adultery to take place. He don't intend for us to fornicate. That all tastes good going in the mouth. It all tastes good when you're chewing it. But the consequences of it. It makes you raggedy for marriage. It makes you hurt. It tears your soul away. Does everybody understand that? And now you, you all, and then you, so you done slept with multiple people, and you all over the place, spaced out. Everybody understand that? You done slept with multiple people, your, your soul is all over the place. Everybody you slept with got a piece of your soul. But you got you some high heel pumps, a nice dress, you doing sit-ups, to get your little hourly, your, your hourglass shape back. And, and you think now you fit for marriage. Your husband will find out you ain't. Why? Because you partook of that tree God told you not to partake of. In your mind, I ain't doing no harm. I ain't hurting you, so what's the, what's the matter? I got and it's, it's some women now. You know, and that's that, that seemed to be a, the thing. Women wanting to get their own apartment, their own place for the purpose of fornicating. I can't, no, I'm not going to stay with, stay, I can't sleep with who I want to sleep with in my parents' house. I'm going to get my own place. I seriously doubt women just want to get their own place just to have their own bills. You got a whole bedroom in your parents' house, but you're going to go get your own apartment? Why? I tell you why. Yeah, did the Lord God say that you should not eat of every tree? Your parents are not messing around. It ain't killed them. <laughs> Everybody understand? So 
So from the beginning of time, God has been, no, people have been wrestling with God. From the beginning of time, people have challenged God, their knowledge against his. I know more than you, God. I know what you're saying, but I, I, I feel like I, if I just go this route, their reasoning. Does everybody understand that? Isn't that something? From the beginning of time, people been knowing more than God. From the beginning of time, God have been faced with his own creation thinking that they know more than him. So I, I want to, so <laughs> let's all picture this solar system. Does everybody understand what I mean when I say solar system? The sun and the planets that orbit it. So can we picture that? So the sun is the center of our solar system. The earth spins on its axis. Now, do y'all know how fast the earth actually spins? The earth is approximately about 25,000 miles around. It take, it's about 25,000 miles to go. If you go to the center of the earth, in other words, and you travel around it, it that's about 25,000 miles. And it turns at one complete circle every 24 hours. So that's a little bit over a thousand miles per hour that the earth is turning. Where we are located now, right here in Tennessee, we are actually on the side of it. So God in his wisdom, he established gravity. In fact, the whole solar system operates on gravity. Listen, something to keep you grounded. That's how much God hates pride. The whole solar system is based on gravity. If it wasn't, we'd all fall off into space. Now let's think about this. <laughs> According to the Bible, now I don't care what scientists say, what people think, according to the Bible, mankind have existed for about 6,000 years. According to the Bible, people got ages. Everybody understand? According to the Bible, mankind existed, have been in existence from Adam till now for about 6,000 years. I don't care what rock they find and say it's a billion years old. It might be but not the person that's laying next to it. <laughs> Everybody understand that? The Bible says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. But you see, when he actually started doing stuff, he separated the waters. In other words, it was stuff that was already here. So it might have been billions of years since God had created the earth. But Adam didn't walk on it until about 6,000 years ago. Everybody understand that? (laughs) 
So about 6,000 years we've been on this earth. And you know it was only about 500 years ago or so. Up until about 500 years ago, mankind thought that the earth was flat. They thought that if we keep going and keep going and keep going, we're going to drop off the side of it. Y'all do know that, don't you? That's what made Christopher Columbus such a hero to people, I guess. Because he sailed around. Now, I, I'm saying this for a reason. From our perspective, from our perspective, if we just stand on one side of Tennessee and try to look to the other side, to us it's going to look flat. From our perspective, now I'm saying that for a reason. That's the way it is from our perspective. From our perspective, everything is flat. You can walk around the whole world if you could, if it was all connected by land. And, and as soon as you make that 25,000 mile journey, it's going to still appear flat to you. Nobody goes around the world and just say, you know what, I saw, I saw that. You saw nothing. It all looked flat. Does everybody understand that? You, you, and the only way you can accept that the earth is round is, is by faith. You can't, you can't see it with your own eyes unless you get up out of yourself. Does everybody understand? And this is the way it is with the things of God. You just have to accept it. If you go by your own eyes, everything's flat. God's word don't mean what it means. We're partners. Me and my husband, me and my wife, we partners. I ain't supposed, I ain't got to submit to him. I'm just as smart as he is. Does everybody understand that? And so God was smart enough to create a whole universe that you wouldn't understand. To show you, you need him. Does everybody understand that? You think how it would be to you if your little one-year-old child come up to you and you're 50 years old? I, I remember uh, when uh, one of our daughters was in school. She might have been in the second or third grade. She was doing math. And uh, at that time, I had just got out of uh, college algebra. And uh, so she's doing her little math problem, and, and I'm seeing her sit there to do it. And she asked me about it and asked, is that right? I guess she wanted me to applaud her or whatever. I said, no, they, they, your answer's wrong. And she said, no, it's not. It's this, it's this, and this is I'm telling you it's wrong. And she just kept going, okay, little sister, you just go on to school. Let that, and they're going to mark that answer. They're going to mark that wrong, I can tell you. I know I'm not, about to, I'm not about to argue with somebody that's just got out of Pampers. I can tell you that. So if you can imagine what it must be like. Now, I, I was just 20 years older than her. Imagine being so old that time don't, don't, <laughs> don't, uh, you don't measure in time. Time don't apply to you. That's how old you are. You're older than time. And you got some little peons. Everybody understand? Joshua, go back there and get that globe for me back there. 
trying to argue with you. I, I, I know the word says this, but I, this is what's worked for me. <laughs> so we have to paint that picture. We have to paint that picture. So the sun is at the middle of our, what they call, solar system. That's, what, that's another word for sun, solar. And, it take, and the earth spins around, it travels about, it spins about a thousand miles per hour. And listen, and God is so sovereign, you're not even aware of it. How many of you get sick, get seasick from the earth spinning? You're not even aware that you're on, you're on a piece of rock that's spinning a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> you sitting here. And how many of you holding on to your seat? Everybody understand that? So let's think about that. So this, this is the earth. Find yourself on it. Does everybody understand? If I took a stick pin like what, what came with this and stuck it on what I think is Tennessee, it, it would still be too big for where you're sitting. I couldn't take a stick pin and say, well, I think Sister Jasmine is sitting right about there. The little stick pin would be too big for Bolivar. Does everybody understand? So I'm trying to show you, you are a piece of speck, of a lint, sitting on God's earth. But you're smarter than him. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? So the earth turns about a thousand miles per hour. Now how many of you have ever been on this fair ride? What was that, what's the name, uh, that almost had you leaving here? That little thing y'all got in uh, that spins and it tilts. Huh? Tilt-a-whirl? That, that made, it had my wife like dropping, like, what's going on? What's, I don't know. The spaceship thing. Now, I was standing on the outside. I knew better to get in. Yeah. Y'all go ahead. I know I, I want to, I haven't eaten yet, but I want to be able to. <laughs> you know, that, that reminded me, I took my, took my children to the park one time, and I was spinning them, spinning them. And you know, for three days, they were sick. For three days straight. I was spinning, I had them on a the merry-go-round. And they just laughing and barely holding on. And for three days, they couldn't eat. I can guarantee you it wasn't going a thousand miles per hour. I can guarantee you that. But here God is so much in control of what he's doing. You on this big wheel, on this big circle, this big ball that's spinning a thousand miles an hour and you're not even aware. You're not holding on to your seat. You're driving, you don't feel anything. Does everybody understand that? Now, could you imagine if God removed gravity? The kind of chaos that would be here. 
What if God just took a little bit of it? What if you were aware? What if you were just sick all the time? Does everybody understand that? I'm trying to show you God holds everything in place with his hands. And if he lifted a finger off of this world, we would all drop. So imagine being God and you, you speaking stuff. Gravity exists so these people don't fall off. Gravity exists so they can eat. They ain't got to fast for three days. It'll be their choice. He's doing all of that and yet and still have to prove that he knows more than we know. Here it is, a God that you can't attribute time to. He's not in your time and space. He's not even bound by space. He's big enough to create a galaxy, several of them, solar systems in all of them, and yet sovereign enough to make himself a little bitty lint of a body to come down in and exist in. And then get crucified on a splinter. And there we are as Roman soldiers thinking we don't done something. <laughs> Not knowing he had to shrink himself. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> so, how many days, so the sun, the, 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 the earth travels, travels around an orbit. What it really is, is not a, it's an invisible field force, basically, and because the sun's gravitational pull is so strong, it keeps all the planets in a certain line. And if we moved off that line back some, we'd all freeze to death. And if we moved forward some closer to the sun, we'd all burn to death. And so God has set a pace. Does everybody understand that? And, and told the earth, don't you move out of that orbit. Because if you move a few inches that way or a few inches this way, them people ain't going to be able to stand it. They'll die. They'll freeze or burn. So you keep it going. Keep Stay in your place, earth. Now, how many days does it take for the the earth to fulfill its orbit. How many? 365 days. That's where we get our year from. To be exact, 365 days and six hours. That's the reason why every four years we have a leap year. We have to add an extra day. Now, could you imagine? Now, so, so that's, you know, time is something that we can depend on. We can depend on the seasons. The reason why we have seasons is because the earth is tilted in a certain direction. And so when it's on, so let's say, for instance, this is the sun. When it's on that side, this part of the earth is experiencing winter. When it comes back around, this part of the earth is experiencing summer. 
God did all of that for seed time and harvest. Does everybody understand that? Now imagine if God's creation, just his natural, it, it, was it any wonder why the Lord could be sleeping in the back of a boat? And, and it looked like they're going to sink and they all in all kind of turmoil. And then they wake them up, get up and help us. Don't you care that we die? Don't you care? And, and he don't get up and get buckets and start helping them scoop the water out of the boat. What is, I made all of this. And what does he do? He speaks to nature. Why? Because he's the one that created it in the first place. And he knows even when these idiots around me don't want to obey Nature's going to obey me. Isn't it something that nature, something without a soul, obeys God? When people who were created in his own image don't obey him. And so what does he do? He gets up, peace be still. And he goes back about his business. And they were amazed. Why are you amazed, Peter? Why Why is this such a big deal to you? Think about it. God, this earth don't speed up sometimes and then slow down. It don't ever leave its orbit. It stays where it is because God have commanded it. Everybody understand that? What if every day that I've lived in this world, tomorrow is going to be 46 years, I have never seen a long, a, a 30 hour day. Never. They've all been 24 hours. The year have always been 365 days. At God's command. Now, could you imagine what it would be like if God decided to act a fool like we do? If he was all in his emotions. Or... Could you imagine what it would be like if nature decided to disobey God? What if the earth decided to break away and say, I don't want to be saved no more? I, I can't go to heaven or hell anyway, so what's the matter to me? I'm tired of being in this orbit. I'm tired of doing what you tell me to do. And it broke away. What would happen to us? We'd have 500 days a year. We wouldn't know what season we were in. What if it decided to take 12 hours to spend instead of 24 hours? What if it decided to go 30,000 miles per hour spinning instead of 1,000 miles per hour? Does everybody understand? What if just whatever, every day, it just the earth decided to do what it wanted to do? We'd all be in trouble. Brother Tanks, you know what time it is? Me neither. I'm going to call in and say, I, don't, I didn't know what time it was. You know this earth be tripping. <laughs> Everybody understand that? It would be pure chaos if nature disobeyed God. The same way as pure chaos when we disobey him. We've just gotten used to the foolishness. So let's think about this. So the earth spins about at, about, at the rate of about 1,000 miles per hour. 
You know how fast it's going around that orbit? 67,000 miles per hour. That's about 1,100 miles per second is what the Earth is traveling around that orbit. And you don't know anything about it. From where we stand, our terms are these. The sun is rising. Sunrise at 5.30 in the morning. The sun set at 5 o'clock in the evening. The sun does not rise, neither does it set. But we speak from our perspective of what it appears to be to us. Does everybody understand that? And that's all we can do unless we just accept God's word by faith. I'm telling you, this is how we, we have, when we get saved, and I don't mean technically so we stop saying that the sun is rising and the sun is setting. What we do is we, we say it the way God created it. God's word say this, I don't care how I feel in the moment. I don't care what it even looked like to my eyes. If God's word says this, then this is the way it is. Does everybody understand that? So, so let me. The planet that's furthest away from the Earth, from the Sun, is Neptune. Now, when I was growing up, I think there were what nine planets. You know now there are only eight. Like in this solar system that has been discovered, they called it whatever planet they is that they done dropped. They calling it something else because it's got to qualify to be a planet. It's got to have so much gas and so much of this and that to be qualified as a planet. And so. The one that's furthest from the sun is Neptune, and it is 2.793 billion miles away from the sun. And it takes, in our time, 165 years to orbit the sun. So nobody lives to see the planet Neptune do one year of its own. So this is just to give you an idea of our, now this is just our solar system. That's the solar system. Then you have what they call galaxies. And there are over 500, so we live in what they call the Milky Way galaxy. And in our galaxy, there are over 500 solar systems. All of them with their own sun, all of them with their own set of planets. Now you think about it. In our solar system, the planet that's further away is billions of miles away from the sun. So that, that means that from the sun to, to the outlet, so if you take the whole, I guess you could say, uh, solar system, it would be about six billion miles wide. That's just the solar system. But then they have discovered over 500 more 
solar systems in our galaxy, and then there are hundreds of more galaxies. Now you find yourself on that rock there. And when you find yourself on that rock, tell me whether or not you can really question God's way. What it must feel like to be God for his creation to tell him how they going to do, what they going to do. Let's go to the book of Job. We're going to turn the 38th chapter of the book of Job. What I'm trying to get you to see is by faith, we accept God and what he says. Not from, and it can't be based on our perspective. Because our perspective, even on this little bitty rock that we are living on, our perspective is wrong. Because from our point of view, the earth is flat. Does everybody understand that? So what am I saying? You can't trust your point of view. You can't trust what your brain have put together. People lose friends all the time, trusting what they believe. People get offended all the time because they heard something they didn't hear. They saw something they didn't see. Everybody understand that? So what am I saying? We got to get out of ourselves. By the way, the sun is so big, you can fit 1.3 million Earths on the inside of it. And in the galaxy, where there are over 500 other solar systems, from the galaxy perspective, the sun is considered a star. Does everybody understand that? And yet you can fit 1.3 billion Earths on the inside of it. Who made all of that? God did. Does everybody understand that? And folks will say, well, it was some big boom. It was some explosion. It might have been an explosion after God said, let there be light. So, yeah, it might have been an explosion. Everybody understand that? Now, I'm not going to dispute that. But I believe God was on the front end of it. <laughs> everybody understand? <laughs> Is everybody there chapter 38? So here is Job, a righteous man, a man that feared God. The Bible says he was a perfect and upright man. He was a perfect man. And then here comes the devil coming for him, to tempt him, to try him. And the devil touches his belongings, takes his children, and he would stand the test. 
And then here come the devil again. Well, if you let me touch his, touch his flesh, and he'll, he'll curse you. And the Lord said, yeah, you can touch his flesh, but you can't kill him. Don't kill him. And so then he touches Job's flesh. He's sick. He's, got, he's covered in boils. He don't even look human anymore. And the Bible says that when his three friends come to see him because they hear about what he's going through, when they see him afar off, they just all drop. They just drop. And the Bible says they stayed, they stayed on their behinds for seven days, not believing what they were seeing. They could not believe their friend was in that condition. Now, you, you imagine, I've gone in hospitals, and I've had to prepare myself for what I was going to see. I understood people, people shrivel up when they go in hospitals. They look sickly, and I prepare myself for it. But, but I ain't never just stayed somewhere for seven days looking at somebody. So Job was in that bad of a condition. And what does his friends do? In their mind, they're religious and they're righteous too. And here's their question to him. Job, you did something. What did you do? Just repent and get it over with. You did, you had to do something. God don't judge righteous people. And then Job began to defend himself. I'm a righteous man. I haven't done anything. Yeah, Job, you did something. God don't allow bad stuff to happen to good people. That's the whole <laughs> crux of Job. Do bad things happen to good people? Again, if you remember what was said at the beginning of this message, you got to go back to the Garden of Eden by faith. There is no good and evil. It's just God. And even things that God allowed the devil to do is still him doing it. Does everybody understand that? Oh, so there we go. Y'all hold your spot in Job. Let's go to the book of Amos, chapter 3. I want to prove this point here. Everybody see that? Is everybody there? The third chapter of the book of Amos? We're going to start reading at verse 3. It says, Can two walk together except they be agreed? That's chapter 3, verse 4. Will a lion roar in the forest when he hath no prey? Will a young lion cry out of his den if he have taken nothing? Can a bird fall in a snare upon the earth where no gin is for him? Shall one take up a snare from the earth and have taken nothing at all? Shall a trumpet be blown in the city and the people not be afraid? Now pay close attention. Shall there be evil in a city and the Lord hath not done it? Does everybody see that? Everything that happens in this world, God is behind it. Even what you deem to be evil. But because from your perspective, the earth is flat, 
and it hurt your feelings and it hurt your heart and you got depressed over it. Couldn't have been God. Does everybody understand what I'm saying now? So what happens is if we walk by faith, God pulls us out of all of that. We understand that it's more to this whole galaxy and all 500 of them and all of solar systems in it is more to this whole of God's creation than me standing right here. If the only thing you understand and the only thing you, that matters to you is where your feet are planted, you're going to miss God every time. Does everybody understand that? That's what make people get offended easily. Because it's all about where I'm standing at. And Podunk Bolivar. On Enon Lane. Now anybody cross this street, they can get these hands. Everybody understand that? Forget about the state of Tennessee. Forget about the United States. Forget about America. Forget about the Earth. Forget about the whole orbit. Forget about the solar system. Forget about the galaxy and all the other million galaxies God might have out there. I got a problem. <laughs> and the only way I see stuff is from my eyes. And I'm telling you, you're going to miss God. Faith sees it all. Everybody understand that? From God's perspective, faith trusts God. Well, I know God wouldn't allow more to happen to me than what I can stand. So regardless of what's going on in my little old bitty world, on the little stick that I'm standing on, regardless of what's happening here, I know that there's a God that told the earth to stay in its orbit. And as long as I don't freeze to death or burn to death, I know he's still in control. Everybody understand that? So we get out of the tree and we get away from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and we go back to God and his ways through faith. It's all his ways. Even if we don't understand it, God didn't ask you to understand it. What he tells you is to have faith in him. Does everybody understand that? How many of you drove here this morning? So the rest of us were, were just riding along. So my wife drove us to church this morning. I wasn't asking her, so wait a minute now. How you going to make this turn? Show me how you do it. Now, I don't trust everybody driving, but I can go to sleep when my wife is driving. You know why? Because I trust her. She ain't got to lay it out to me. Well, how, how wide you plan on making that turn? How fast you plan on going down this? Wait a minute now. You trying to get us killed? Now, isn't it something? We can get in the car with another piece of lint and let them drive us somewhere. <laughs> but we questioning God. <laughs> Does everybody understand? I'm going to let this lint drive me wherever they want to drive me. Sometimes they like me, sometimes I like them, whatever the case is. But they're going to get us where we're supposed to be going. 
But you, God, I don't, I don't quite get you. I don't know what you up there doing. <laughs> I don't trust you to drive me nowhere. All right, let's go back to the 38th chapter of the book of Job now. So you know, for all of our foolishness, God has an answer. You think he's going to sit back and let this world question him? That little piece of pebble, you, you, you standing all called to earth, you think he's going to let something from there shout out to him? <laughs> the earth is a pebble to him. And he hear all the noises. We don't want to submit. That's what we sound like to him, like a little nagging wife, a little, a little midget wife. I don't understand what you're doing. <laughs> Imagine the earth being a pebble and you finding yourself on it and screaming out to God and shaking your fist at him. Please wait a minute. I don't even, hold on a second. Let me move all this stuff out the way. What, what are you, what's going on? What are you saying? Is everybody there, the 38th chapter of the book of Job? It says, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this? <laughs> Let me, wait a minute, which one of y'all said that? this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge everybody see that and look what he says gird up now thy loins like a man you know what he, put your big boy draws on <laughs> that's what he's saying <laughs> for I will demand of thee and answer thou me. Isn't that something? Where was thou when I laid the foundations of the earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest, or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon are the foundations thereof fastened, or who laid the cornerstone thereof? So we see all these things that it took for the earth to remain the way it is. And he goes on and on and on. Let's go to chapter 39 now. I love it when the Lord flex. <laughs> you know, sometimes he had to do that to put us in our place. Y'all there? Chapter 39? Knowest thou the time when the wild goats of the rock bring forth? Or canst thou mark when the hinds do calf? Everybody see that? Canst thou number the months that they fulfill? Or knowest thou the time when they bring forth? They bow themselves. They bring forth their young ones. They cast out their sorrow rolls. Everybody see that? Let's go down to chapter 40 now. 
We're just giving you, just giving you just some general stuff. The Lord, he's talking plenty of noise here. Moreover, chapter 40, verse 1, Moreover, the Lord answered Job and said, Shall he that contendeth with the Almighty instruct him? He that reproveth God, let him answer it. So everybody understand what he's saying there. Why, why is he getting on Job like this? Because you, you think you can figure stuff out. What's, this happened because of this. And this happened because of that. I'm a righteous man. I ain't, everybody understand that? And God had heard enough. Look what he says. Uh, number three. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer thee? I will lay my hand upon my mouth. Okay, I done learned. I'm going to shut up now. I get it, Lord. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yeah, twice, but I will proceed no further. I have learned my lesson. But God is not done yet. Verse 6, Then answered the Lord unto Job out of the whirlwind and said, Gird up thy loins now like a man. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me, Will thou also disannul my judgment? Will thou condemn me that thou mayest be righteous? Does everybody understand that? So when the preacher of God get up and preach righteousness and folks got a problem with it, this is what it looks like to God. You condemning me so you can be right. Does everybody understand that? Has thou an arm like God, or canst thou thunder with a voice like him? Look what he says, verse 10. Deck thyself now with majesty and excellency, and array thyself with glory and beauty. Speak that on yourself. Without makeup. Without jewelry. You don't like what you see in the mirror? Just speak. Just speak good looks on you. Let's see if you can do that. If you're God, you ought to be, you ought not to have to go to some shop somewhere and let them put makeup on you. If you question in God, you ought to be able to lose weight just at your own word. If you, if you, if you can question God, you ought to be able to speak to your hair and tell it what color you want it to be. You ain't got to go and buy the bronze stuff. Everybody understand that? So how and who do we think we are? Verse 11, cast abroad the rage of thy wrath, and behold, everyone that is proud, and abase him. Everybody see that? Look on everyone that is proud, and bring him low, and tread down the wicked in their place. Hide them in the dust together, and bind their faces in secret. Then will I also confess unto thee that thy own right hand can save thee. Everybody see that? In other words, what he's saying is, Job, if you're so big and bad like you think you are, do all this stuff that I can do. I can bring the proud low. I bear their faces. Let's see you do it. Now, this is after Job had already waved the white flag and said, I give up. See, I ain't said nothing else. I ain't said nothing else. <laughs> 
I tell you what, when God come and talk to me, I don't want it to be this. I'd rather have a regular conversation. Lord, I ain't got nothing to prove. You right, I'm wrong all the time. Now, I'm not going to question you. I'm going to trust you. Everybody understand that? But when people think that they know more than God and they trying to figure him out and they trying to do all of these different things and we're going to, you know, listen, that's what the whole Tower of Babel was about. They were trying to build a tower to, up to heaven so that they can look God in his face. Now, the fact that they had to build something to get up there should have told them they weren't ready for the war. God don't have to build don't have to build step to walk up nowhere. Everybody understand that? I think it's time for mankind to get in our place. And not just mankind, believers. We need to trust God because what else you got? Outside of trusting God, you have to figure this whole universe out. You have to figure out how he laid everything. And he ain't going to never tell you that. You'll never find that stuff out. What other choice do you have but to trust God? I feel sorry for the individual with a little kindergarten education that think they know more than God. That got their life all figured out. I know what I want to do in life and this is what I'm going to do. Do you know it's wrong for you to say what you're going to do tomorrow? The book of James instructs us how we're supposed to talk that talk. If the Lord will, and I should live, i do this or i do that. <laughs> Everybody understand? I'm telling you, we better learn to tread lightly around God. Because we don't want him doing this. What, what, what did you say now? What, move out the way. What did you say? I know you didn't say what you were going to do tomorrow. What, what do I fit in in this program? <laughs> what part am I going to play in it? Everybody understand that? <laughs> we better get back to reverencing God and, and acting like he control everything. Now, this is a message of faith. The, our, through faith, we understand. Does everybody understand that? In fact, let's go to the book of Hebrews and look at that. Just real briefly. Chapter 11, everybody there? The 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews. Start reading in verse 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Through, everybody see that? Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed. How? By the word of God. 
so that things which are seen were made were not made of things which do appear. Does everybody see that? Through faith, just our very existence ought to catapult our faith. Just our very existence. Just say we don't even know that we, nobody ever preached to us Jesus Christ. Nobody ever preached to us the gospel or anything. We ought to be able to just look around and say, wait a minute. It's something bigger than me that, that made this. It's something bigger than us that's here, that's in control of all of this. That's why I say it's going to be some folks in heaven that ain't never heard the name Jesus Christ, but they believe there is a greater power. They believe, everybody understand that? There are savages living in, that, that have lived in time past. People out in jungles that ain't never heard the word, but they had enough sense to know I'm supposed to be worshiping something. I don't understand all the ins and outs, but I know I ain't God. And here we are living in America and heard the gospel a million times, then seen miracles, then experienced, and still questioning him. <laughs> Everybody understand that? So we have to accept all these things by faith. Everything, let me make it personal. Whatever, going, whatever is going on in your life, you have to accept it by faith. Whatever you know you have to go through in life, by faith, you know you can go through it. By faith. Because isn't that what everything else is? People that try to reason with God, they'll lose their minds. People that's trying to figure stuff out, God is obligated to stretch your brain. So that the left side can't talk to the right side. Everybody understand that? That's the reason why you pay attention to the intellects. You pay, you, you pay attention to people that are scientists outside of God. Don't believe in God. They are trying to prove something else. You pay attention to folks who are way, way smart in their brain. They're always borderline crazy. Always. Does everybody understand that? People that, uh, people that are really, really smart, borderline crazy. Because they can't, they can't just put it all together. They know it all exists, but I can't put it together. That's the reason why. That's the reason why. You got you to gotta come the same way we all came, by faith. I ain't got to figure nothing out. I understand it through faith. I understand God did it. That's all I need to know. I ain't got to wake up and pray every morning asking, Lord, Lord, is you going to keep us in orbit? Please. <laughs> Everybody understand that? How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Lord, let us keep staying in orbit, Lord. Just orbit, Lord. You're a God of order, Lord. Keep us going around that orbit, Lord. Please, Lord. How many of you ever prayed that prayer? Yeah, you have. Lord, help my life, Lord. Keep me alive, Lord. Help me, Lord. It's the, same, it's the same thing in God's ears. I don't trust you, Lord. What are you up there doing, Lord? <laughs> it's all the same to God. Everybody understand? Oh, you can just trust by faith. He's ordered your steps. <laughs> all right, let's pray.
Dear Lord, we thank you for this word that we've heard today. And Lord, we ask that you will help us, Lord, to stay in our place, to accept your word, the ways that you have laid things out, the steps that you have uh, commanded us to walk. Lord, help us to accept those things by faith. Help us, Lord, not to question you. Help us not to be weary in the journey, Lord, but help us to love this life of faith that you have called us to walk. Help us to know, Lord, that we don't have to have all of the answers. Help us, Lord, to trust you with our whole hearts. Help us, Lord, to relinquish all, the, all of the control that we think we have to you, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we've stepped out on pride. Forgive us for the times, Lord, that we thought we can question you. Lord, help us to know that we are valuable to you, but we are never in a place to question you and the things that you allow to go on, Lord. Help us to know, Lord, that your love is there for us and that everything that you do is good. And we thank you, Lord, for this assurance. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. So most of you have gotten my message. We're not going to talk about, uh, we're not going to go back today. We're going to, if the Lord say the same, we're going to talk about this tomorrow when we come together for fellowship. All right, so if that's all now, we'll go and dismiss you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.